0: Hi, this is Marla Gibbs, also known as Florence on the Jeffersons, Mary on 227, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcome to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Chuck Carter is with us for part two of our special two-part tribute to the life and music of Elvis Presley. Chuck produced the three-part Elvis profile, I. Elvis that originally aired on Hard Copy in the early 1990s. As a result of that project, Chuck got to know several members of the Memphis Mafia, including Charlie Hodge, Sonny West, Lamar Fike, Billy Smith, and Jerry Schilling. And as a result, Chuck got some first-hand Elvis anecdotes, Elvis knowledge from the people who were closest to him. And Chuck has been sharing some of that authentic Elvis knowledge as part of our special tribute. We spent our first hour talking about about some of the various dramatic portrayals of Elvis Presley both in movies and on television including the box office smash Elvis biopic starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks a little later on. In this program Chuck Carter will perform a couple of Elvis tunes. A bit about Elvis movies and then I
1: maybe I can segue into my first tune. Prior to going in the army Elvis made four movies Love Me Tender Loving You, Jailhouse Rock, and King Creel. And they're all four good movies. Love Me Tender, he's, he's got a supporting role, but the other, Loving You and Jailhouse Rock are leads. And I think those are my two favorite Elvis movies because Loving You is a big technicolor Hollywood version of him coming to prominence. And, and all the songs are good and it's wonderful. Jailhouse Rock is a dark black-and-white film noir film. And that, too, has a singer come to prominence, but it's got some real dark qualities to it. And, uh, again, it has some great numbers. Um, King Creole, he's a supporting character, and that's probably his best acting role, which shows what might have been. Then he went in the Army for two years and came back. And then here comes the color Elvis movies so if you want to look at his film career it's really two different segments the first four and the second batch of the color films I don't think any of them are as good as the first four but on their level they are good and they're fun and they're entertaining and even the bad ones are still so insane they're sort of interesting in a bad movie as entertainment way And of the color musicals, there's quite a few of them that are very good and fun. And those ran on TV forever. So I think that helped keep his popularity alive in the 70s and after. And then, of course, they all came out on VHS and then later DVD and now streaming. A
0: couple of points. Um, If I remember correctly, King Creole and Kid Galahad were two of Elvis's favorite movies because as you just alluded both gave him an opportunity to be a character and to act and when given the opportunity i've said this before i'll say this again when given the opportunity elvis was a very good actor and uh had he lived if he were still around today one would like to think he might be given an opportunity to do character roles you know yeah that that's true
1: and Regarding Kid Galahad, remember I talked about 60 to 62 of the three-year period. Mm -hmm. Kid Galahad is 62. Another really good Elvis movie called Follow That Dream Mm -hmm. is from 62, and that's a good comedy. And in that one, uh, his hair is brown, it isn't dyed black, and he shows a real flair for comedy, but again, didn't make as much money as the big formula musicals. And so, uh, sorry, son, we got to go back
0: to the formula and as you say the formula movies they were a regular staple on back in the day before cable before all the thousands of channels digital cable channels that we have at our disposal right now back in the day in a three network universe in a in a pre u h f antenna universe uh where you had maybe seven, cha- uh maybe five or seven channels available to you depending on which you know which part of the uh country you're you're, you're living and there was usually a staple of local television uh sometimes it was known as the six thirty movie sometimes it was known as the three thirty movie but it would be a theatrical movie you know six maybe ten years after it was um Uh, originally released and uh, they were available as part of a package to all to to syndicated stations around the country and growing up uh, the ABC affiliate uh, they had both they had they started off with the 630 movie and then became the 430 movie and then became the 330 movie but once or twice a year they would have Elvis week and it would be Viva um, Las Vegas, or follow that dream. One, usually, on the light comedies, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, something that you would play <clears throat> middle of the day you know, as you're getting ready, as you're unwinding from the day, as you're getting ready for uh, dinner, that sort of thing. And my mom, my mom was old school. She was, she discouraged us watching TV after school. She would say, you know, go outside and play get some fresh air or as we got older go downstairs and sweep the basement you know that sort of thing but the one time she would relax and you know or at least loosen up on that was if it was elvis week and every now and then my mom would take time from her day you know making dinner and getting the house clean and what up. she would actually stop and watch elvis movies my mom loved elvis
1: well, your mom and how many other millions of women? Yeah. I mean, many guys liked Elvis, too, obviously, especially in the 50s, because that's suddenly a new way to look or act. And uh, when Elvis made his uh, debut on a stage show, which was a television show. In Jack, 19-
0: uh, Jackie Gleason hosted that, right?
1: Yes. Well, no. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, He was an instant sensation and Gleason booked him because he saw a photo of him and he said, oh, it's a guitar playing Marlon Brando, (laughs) meaning he's a tough guy. And he came along and did it. Elvis has always had a huge following of women, women of all ages, because he's incredibly handsome and charismatic and charming and sexy, really respond to him and always have. And the... The guy in the new movie, Mr. Butler, um, he looks pretty good uh, uh, in the clips I've seen. So it would be real interesting to see if the young Gen Z teenage girls who see it um, respond to him, not just because of the role, but because of the
0: sex appeal of Elvis. Well, just based on the clips I've seen, I think they're playing up that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Elvis was sexy when he came out and. He had the sideburns and the haircut, and you know, hair kind of messed up hair and everything.
0: But um, and compared to Tom Hanks, and, and I'm going to say this very carefully, I don't know whether he put on weight, you know, as a method actor would, or whether that's prosthetics. I'm pretty sure that's prosthetics. But he's physically unattractive compared to Elvis. So that makes Elvis even that makes uh, that makes Austin Butler even more attractive when you see him on screen. That's true, and I think like many
1: managers and performers, but especially in Colonel Parker and Elvis's case, um, Elvis wasn't a projection of Parker really, but Parker was a overweight, unattractive, blustery guy and very insecure too and overcompensated with arrogance. And Elvis became a kind of symbol of him in a way, plus a real meal, meal ticket. It's almost like Elvis was a
0: thoroughbred racehorse, and Colonel Parker was the manager. I don't know whether we'll get to this. Uh, if we do, it'll be later in our conversation. Jerry Weintraub, the great dealmaker, the legendary dealmaker, at one point wanted, was, was interested in representing Elvis. And... That, that's true. Uh, 74
1: or 5, I'm not sure of the year, and Colonel Parker and Elvis got in a huge fight. And you're fired. No, I quit. You can't fire me. You're I quit. You know, screaming matches in, in Vegas. So Parker went back and stayed up all night and came in to Elvis and his dad with this huge pile of receipts. And I'll leave, but you owe me $2 million, which Elvis did not have. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Weintraub, who you had talked about, kind of was inching to manage Elvis. And unfortunately... Elvis and Vernon caved in. There are rumors that Parker had certain things on Elvis that he could have revealed that would have hurt him. No need to go into that, but it's probable on a few things. So they backed down, which is a shame, because if Weintraub had taken over in 74 or 5, he would have got Elvis cleaned up, and he might have had another chance. Around this time, too, Elvis is offered the lead in a remake of A Star is Born starring Barbara Streisand. And there was a meeting. And Streisand's boyfriend, hairdresser John Peters, was going to direct. And Elvis was very up for it because it was a movie, a big budget. It was a challenge. But Elvis would have to play a music star that dies of drugs. And Parker killed it because... Partially that, partially Streisand would have got top billing. It was a money issue. Uh, it's just, We're doing fine with the tours. And uh, and that really hurt Elvis
0: that, you know, here was another chance. And yet, we're doing fine with the tours in the sense that we are bringing in money. But I didn't realize, you, you, we're talking about this off mic, and you brought up something I hadn't realized. He was touring, but he wasn't touring the big houses anymore by 74
1: and 5 he wasn't playing the sticks certainly but it was the b-level cities um in north carolina a a b-level auditorium or something like that and they were really happy to see him because you know he's elvis so you know there wasn't really much critical opinion and they would sell out and so it was kind of business as usual but Elvis it was odd sometimes he'd rally and put on great shows and and this I think is terrible for a lot of performers that get really huge in their popularity if you get that big you can go out and do a mediocre or even a bad show and a lot of people won't even notice because of the power of the image and that's tough when performers can get away with that ooh you know they don't have to work so hard But Elvis, on the whole, was very good, even until the end. In that very last tour, um, which ended up being the 1977 Elvis in Concert TV special, which is kind of rough viewing because he is big and sweaty and everything. And, in fact, Graceland won't authorize that as an official release, and justifiably so. He still sings a gospel number. Great. He does a version of Unchained Melody at the piano. It's powerful. It's good. Um, but you can see he's really hurting and Elvis had a lot of physical issues, glaucoma, twisted colon, hypertension, and other things. And so he bloated up from cortisone treatments and, you know, he still rallied and did it, which is remarkable when you think about it, but, um, You know, it's Elvis. So some critics were saying a few things, but again, his loyal audience loved him. And that's mostly good,
0: but sometimes, you know, it can be bad. Chuck Carter is with us. Uh, Chuck Carter, uh, musician, guitarist, all around Mr. Entertainment. Uh, We're talking about some of the various movie and TV portrayals of Elvis Presley. Elvis has been portrayed dramatically uh, some eighteen times over the past forty years we're jumping around we're talking about uh, the dramatic portrayals we're also talking about some of the iconic in person performances of Elvis Presley as well as some of our some of our favorite Elvis Presley movies. Chuck Carter produced a three part mini-documentary of Elvis uh, that originally aired on hard copy. As a result of that, uh, Chuck got to know several members of the Memphis Mafia, including guitarist Charlie Hodge. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back.
1: Yeah, regarding Charlie Hodge, on that night when we were imbibing at four in the morning in his hotel room in Nashville, we talked a bit about Elvis's interest in religion and philosophies. And apparently Elvis had memorized the Bible and had books on every conceivable type of religion and uh, philosophy and all that sort of thing. And there used to be a bookstore on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood called the Bodhi Tree, very metaphysical bookstore, sold incense, metaphysical books, uh, all that sort of thing. Elvis used to send some of his guys over there and buy every single book on philosophy or religion or that kind of thing. So Charlie says to me, he's going to impart some words of wisdom to me at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I could sort of see him, but I was seeing three of them, but I said, okay, what, what is this, Charlie? Tell me. I'll tell you, son. And he said, Elvis boiled down the secret to a happy life in three things. Yeah. And he said, here they are. This is after reading all of that one someone to love someone to love two something to do something to do and three something to look forward to something to look forward to and I never forgot that and I thought okay a bit oversimplification but if you've got those three you're way ahead in the game so uh Elvis's uh, spiritual beliefs and knowledge can continue to inspire us these days,
0: along with his
1: immense talent.
0: Chuck Harder has also been blessed with immense talent. If all goes well, Chuck will perform an Elvis Presley tune or two. All right, this is Love Me Tender, the title
1: song from Elvis's first movie in 1956 and a hit single for him in the same year beautiful song.
2: Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. Love me tender Love me long Take me For my darling I love you and I always will love me tender love me dear tell
0: Chuck Carter, Mr. Entertainment, performing Love Me Tender as part of our special tribute to the life and music of Elvis Presley. August 16th, 2022 marks the 45th anniversary of Elvis Presley's death. Chuck has a poignant memory of a song he heard for the very first time on the day that Elvis died. He'll share that memory and more as we continue our tribute to Elvis Presley here on TV Confidential